The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Welcome to this week's Women's Football Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards and this is our look at everything from the Champions League down to the National League and beyond. We are in partnership with Her Game 2 and congratulations to them on their second anniversary. We were invited along to the Bash in Birmingham on Saturday. Lovely, lovely night hosted there in the centre of Birmingham. Michelle Owen did a fine job as well and there was free food and drinks. So what else can you complain about? Uh, Joining us today, making a debut, we have got a rep from her game too, uh, from Coventry City. And also she's acting editor for the women's football team at Reach is Laura Hartley. Hello, Laura. Hello. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on. And just a quick word on, on her game too. It's been massive, hasn't it, since it, the launch two years ago? Yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. Um, I have been part of it from around I think six months in um, and it's just been an absolute pleasure. I'm very very lucky with Coventry, um, really lucky indeed. I work so closely with the club and they're just brilliant in championing women, not just working in the club but making sure that it's a really safe place for us to go as well and attend as female football fans and really receptive for anything that, that might get reported or or any improvements that need to be made. So, and we're on the up as well with um, with everything off and on the pitch. So I'm feeling very lucky to be Coventry's ambassador right now and be part of her game too. I suppose the um, the next thing now is to get the Coventry City ladies team really up and running and, and progressing. Now I'm not even sure if they've got one, have they? Yeah. So um, there's there's a couple of teams in Coventry. Um, there's the one that's directly. Um, well, the one that's more affiliated with the club um, is Coventry City, women and girls. And yeah, I think I think it's just been quite separate for so long. But again, since partnering, the club have been doing a really good job of, you know, even just the small things like, well, I say it's a small thing. It's, it's a pretty big thing because so many Coventry fans still buy the matchday programme. Mm. Um, and even just putting all their fixtures in there um and their match reports and anything that's going on I think is a massive step and I don't think all clubs do that and I think they should um but yeah there's definitely steps to be made but again since partnering it's realizing these things that the club are doing and the steps they are taking I think we've had such a roller coaster not just few years but this season and since partnering it has been Probably every emotion that we have felt in the last few years just in one season. So the club have had so much to deal with. And even just making those strides with the women's team, with Sky Blues in the community, with everything, I think they're still doing an amazing job for it. And there's certainly room for more. And that's what I hope to focus on with my role as an ambassador in the coming months. Well, well, good luck with that. Um, we'll talk the midweek WSL results that took place last week very shortly, but we've got to take we've got to talk about the FA Cup final which took place at Wembley in front of seventy seven thousand nine hundred and thirty, which is a world record for a women's domestic match. Um, United had an offside goal after just twenty six seconds. It looked like the dream start for them. 
that was ruled out though quite rightly in the end uh, Liam Galton's goal there was ruled out and then he had a penalty shot on the stroke of half time it was right on the line of cut it went to VAR and it was so so tight and it was just those fine margins in the end for Manchester United which Mark's going to talk about a lot as we've heard in the past Chelsea improved second half though Sam Kerr gave them the lead on 68 minutes getting on to Peniel Harder's cross and Chelsea survived late, late United pressure to win a third successive FA Cup title and Laura the Chelsea do find a way to win don't they 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 really do and as soon as you know who's getting it in the goal it has to be Sam Kerr um that's five in total for them now and as you said three on the trot and there just seems to be no stopping them but United just have to be so proud of their performance I mean I have no affiliation and I was talking to my team about this and we were all having this discussion in that women's football is so good at just being a community. And I think that showed yesterday with the sheer amount of neutral fans there. And as you said, breaking world records, 77,000 there. Broke the record of Barcelona, the Atletico, which was 60,000. So it beat it by a really good margin as well. Um, And last year's FA Cup final, um, almost 50,000 so absolutely smashed it this year the growth in a year is incredible but they just put on such a show and we actually had this discussion this morning in terms of Chelsea are like a military operation and I think if Harder hadn't have come on she she just made all of the impact it was fireworks as soon as she came on and it was her obviously that set up Sam Kerr so if she hadn't have come on I think United could have topped it, but I think United were very unlucky that Harder has come back from injury when she has, because the last couple of games she's come on as a sub. She's she's that Alessia Russo super sub from from last summer that we that we saw, um, really making the difference. And I think it goes for an interesting title race now as Chelsea ramp up and and play their games in hand as well. Have you read my script? Because that was the next question about Penil. <laughs> there we go. Um, but we talked about. Um, you said we said Chelsea find a way, but shouldn't they have found a way? Because United still haven't beaten Chelsea, but you feel that while they're on top in the first half, they should have taken advantage, shouldn't they? Yeah, they they really should have, and they were so unlucky. And actually, I just want to give a shout out to the officials yesterday because although we had VAR we didn't particularly need it even for the offside within the first 26 seconds we didn't we didn't really need that um there were some great shouts great refereeing so um a a big shout out to all the officials involved yesterday but yeah (laughs) united were so unlucky and i think that's just what they were missing is that finish they they know how to stop sam kerr because she barely got a touch of the ball in the first half especially um but I think it is just that that really fin- that finesse finish for for United that they they probably need to just maybe practice in training a little bit to try and make sure that they they do win the title because I mean United um Chelsea sorry have, have scored into the double figures um goals within two matches 
that's their goal difference sorted. And I think that's what was missing in the title race. So United have those clinical finishes to just finesse and they've probably got it nailed, hopefully, hopefully for the for the title. Yeah, Matt's going to want them to reach the level of Chelsea. They are getting pretty close, aren't they? And say that I suppose where you look at from two seasons ago, they have really progressed, haven't they, Manchester United? And if they can get over the line and get the title, that mentally that's a great boost for them, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we have to remember as well that United have only been going as a as a professional women's game women's team for five years, and. Emma Hayes is well cemented into that Chelsea Chelsea squad and that Chelsea team. So I think we have to remember really how far United have come in such a short space of time. And you can tell that the relationship Skinner has with his squad has been so important to them growing as a team in such a short amount of time as well. Yes, Emma Hayes has, has that same relationship and she has a brilliant relationship with her squad. But that's over a number of years. And I think United should be so, so proud of everything that they've achieved in the last last few years. And they could run away with it next season. Um, I know that's looking ahead a little bit too much, but they've they've done incredibly well. Yeah, you feel that if, if United get one trophy, then, then the rest will follow. They didn't play last midweek, though, in the WSL. Chelsea did. They uncomfortable at home to Leicester City. They were 4-0 up at half-time, thanks to Gora Wright and Aaron Cuthbert, and a double from Peniel Harder. And then Lauren James and Yelena Kankovic added a goal each in the second half to complete a 6-0 win. Arsenal won 4-0 away at Brighton. Again, this game was over by half-time. It was a double from Stina Blackstenius. She had the Gunners 2-0 up after just eight minutes. Frieda Marnham and Victoria Pavlova. I always want to call her Pavlova because that's what I was calling her the other week. uh, It's Victoria Pavlova. She added another goal. Uh, That was all before half-time game over there. Arsenal will fancy the chances of winning the title, won't they, though? Travelled to Everton on Wednesday. Chelsea travelled to West Ham. Uh, You fancied them both to get the three points. Then they play each other next Sunday. So it's all setting up nicely, isn't it? I mean, you kind of are in a fantasy world with the way that these fixtures are landing at the moment. Four-way title race and this weekend, they're all playing each other. We've got the Manchester derby and we've got Chelsea Arsenal as well. Um, Just looking ahead to to the midweek, they should be easy three points for both teams. The only probably concern that I would voice is Arsenal. Um, We know that they can fight. We know that they're fighters and they can really battle on the pitch. But there's a real scare that any one of them can go down injured at the moment. It it just feels that every single game there's somebody going down with an injury, no matter how serious or whether they can get back up straight away and, and carry on. There's always that that worry. Um, that begs the question then, because I know we've seen it a lot recently about it need, more needs to be done, but like you say, Arsenal seem to have it more. So is it is it the training methods, do you think? Because look at Manchester United, they've hardly had any injuries this year. I think it's a really hard one to call. There are so many factors that can that can be involved in, especially with ACLs, because we know that Arsenal have been hit hard by ACL injuries. 
Um, so that's that's a whole can of worms on its own, I guess. But I'd say Arsenal have probably played a lot more matches at the Emirates than anybody else in comparison to their men's teams this year. And for me, something that I kind of keep on thinking and going back to in my head is the disparity between training facilities, Meadow Park, and then the Emirates. How are their bodies adapting? And maybe that does come into training as well and the training tactics and everything and, and the way that that their bodies are warming up but the disparity between the sizes of the pitches is something that keeps that I keep coming back to um because yeah they they've played more matches at the men's stadiums and again this this is kind of a, another another branch of the conversation of how how many games do the women's teams play at their their men's counterpart well, stadium. Well, just announced that they're going to have three extra games, league games at the end <clears throat> next season, aren't they as well? Yeah, and you know it, it is amazing. It's brilliant, and it shows that the the actual club and the board are giving their support to the women's teams, which we've not really seen before. Not like this in any way, shape, or form. Then it also begs the question of how physically ready other teams um do they then need to move their training camps do they then you know they might be better off training at meadow park and then playing at the emirates it's it's all of these questions rolled into one and i don't think there's a firm answer and i don't think there's a solid answer either because there are so many factors but it's just important to bear in mind that the disparity between where some of them are training and some of them are playing especially like Everton, they're playing at Walton Hall Park. You know, if they ever get to play at Everton's new stadium, that's going to be a massive change for them in the size. So would we then see more injuries with Everton? I think it's just a question that people need to bear in mind a little bit when they keep saying, yeah, we need more games at the, the bigger stadiums. Is it more harm than good at the moment with the growth of the game at the bottom? Yeah, and of course United will have a, a week off before they take on that uh, challenge of winning the Manchester derby next weekend. Um, from what you were saying, you sound like United, you, you just fancy United to win it. Although I was hearing if Chelsea beat Arsenal, then the title's almost done, they feel. But of course... It's, it's because they feel. I think the feeling is that Chelsea win all the remaining games and, and pit United on goal difference. And there's definitely. I think it's too close to call. I really do. I think in terms of, in my my non-professional personal opinion, I think I would love United to do it. They have come so far this season. Um, Mark Skinner and the team should be so proud of themselves for everything that, that, that they've achieved. And I don't think anybody would have bet on them at the beginning of the season to be where they are now. And I think it will come down to goal difference, but United have had so many different goal scorers this season that they could also possibly do it. We, we know that, that Chelsea can whack six past anybody in a game, but at the same time, don't count United out. You know, they've only got one long-term injury. Um, they can also go go great guns. So 
I really do think it will come down to the wire. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game next weekend. And also down at the bottom, Brighton play Leicester as well. I mean, that's a huge game as well next weekend. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And this is this is the problem that... Um, it's not a problem. It's it's a it's, it's a, a good, good problem. problem to, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, um, I don't use problem in a negative sense. We've also got Spurs Reading, and it's it's yeah. just it's almost chaotic, but it is so exciting to watch. And I think I think it's amazing what the WSL is bringing, and I think it's probably the best WSL season we've probably ever seen. Um, and actually, that's that's what we've needed to carry on this legacy that everybody else has been talking about from from the lionesses last last year that we need to carry on and then we can carry that momentum on into the world cup so it's it's kind of a nice little fairy tale it feels like with with women's football at the moment but the bottom of the table as well is again i feel like it's too close to call i was on shift um <laughs> uh last week and it was a case of just the bottom four completely switching and swapping out during the game and you you could not call it I definitely can't call relegation not one bit I think there's only West Ham Aston Villa and Everton who've got nothing to play for in their fixtures and like you say for the last few years title's been decided by now relegation's been decided now by now so it's great isn't it and like you say it's it's probably going to go to the last day of the season which which is great which is what Sky and BBC want as well when they sign that TV deal because they'll get people watching. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that will bring people to the game. And even just recently, I think Liverpool kind of could breathe a sigh of relief as well because there was there was a moment probably about six weeks ago when they were on a run of some really poor results. And it it could have probably thrown them back out of safety but they've, they're there or thereabouts now. So it is, it is a case of just the league being split up into three with this, the, the four in the middle really playing for nothing. And then the bottom four and the top four just playing it all out. But I think it is, it's obviously incredible for the broadcasters, but then that's also incredible for, for the fans and the people who who want to get into women's football. I think it's... When I first took this job and I first started at the beginning of December and I was talking to to my friends that don't necessarily follow football at all, I think it's really important to say it's not... They were really worried about jumping on the bandwagon. And I was thinking, there is a very fine line with jumping on the bandwagon and, and becoming a fan, but I think more than anything, it's amazing to have more of that fan base behind anybody, not, no matter what team just to have that support for the women's game because we need those. We need bums on seats and we need people through the gates and we need people watching watching these games because we know that we can then future-proof it. No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, in, it's in good hands, I think, going forward. Uh, also, down below as well, I mean, we had a good season in a championship where it went to the final day of the season almost in terms of the title and... The National League as well. That was certainly the National League South. That was um, that was flipped on its head on the last day of the season, where Watford qualified for the, the playoff final. They played the winners of the North, which is Nottingham Forest. That's at MK Dons 
on Saturday and a place awaits in the championship for one of those sides, doesn't it? Yeah, again, I mean, I think it's just been, and I mean this again in the best way, it's just been chaotic everywhere across all the pyramid um, <laughs> that we've had towards the end of this season. Um, just starting with the championship, yeah, we saw Bristol come up and they, they've they done a fantastic job and they, they actually announced that, you know, their home games will be played at Ashton Gate, which it, it will be incredible and it was brilliant to see see them play there last I say last season this season just gone um so I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the WSL this season I I think they have got a lot to show um and and they can put on a show and really give the 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 big guns a run for their money but yeah the (laughs) the National League again I mean you look at the form with Forest and Watford they're pretty much neck and neck um in the last few games there's just one draw that between them, I guess, that's, that separates them. So Saturday, again, I couldn't call it. I mean, in terms of where it's been played at MK Dons, I remember when my men's team, Coventry, were playing MK Dons a few seasons ago. Going into that stadium, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant stadium. Um, and I think for Forest, they've had the chance to play at the city ground. Um, Watford as well at, at, at their men's counterpart. So I think in terms of the growth, even in the pyramid at that that level, we're seeing it. And having the playoff final at MK Dons is is another another proof of that. But I just, if anything, I think Forest could edge it. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to, again, oh, it's going Helen to be... Ward, of course, I think it's her last ever game, isn't it? So she'll want to go out on a high. That's the, yeah, that's the counter argument. You know, Forrest, they've both got the consistency, um, but it's whether Watford will have more fire in their belly for from, from Helen. So, again, <laughs> it's one of those that across the entire board, you just can't call it. But I think that's the excitement and... I think we're actually very lucky to have that excitement even in the National League um, to prove that it's just just everywhere. The women's game is has, has got fireworks all over it. And are you off to a game this weekend? Obviously, apart from the Coventry playoff game, <laughs> are you off to a league game? Well, I actually can't make the Coventry playoffs because I am working on Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday evening um obviously with the the two WSL matches that we've got um but I will be back at base for all games um coordinating the team who will be out and about at the matches we've got our Manchester writer who will be at the derby um we've got our chief writer who will be <laughs> at the Chelsea Arsenal game um we've got our Merseyside writer midweek at Everton as well so if you do see some of our team please say hello um <laughs> they do not bite but I think it's amazing as well that we have this team to to produce the coverage and the content that we do um on a regional level as well as a national level so I will be back at base watching everything um like a hawk and keeping an eye on the top of the table um and the bottom of the table which no doubt will probably change more times than I have cups of tea which is a lot in one match so yeah you're you're a tea drinker as well excellent I, 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 
my New Year's resolution was to drink less tea and that's not happened. Whatever. <laughs> I don't think it is possible. I don't think it is. <laughs> Up in Scotland, the league race is equally as exciting. The SWPL title race will go to the final day next Sunday. Leaders Glasgow Celtic and nearest challengers Rangers and Celtic all won. Glasgow Celtic won 2-1 at home to Partick Thistle. Pod favourite Priscilla Chinchilla grabbing the winner there. Rangers won 6-0 over Hearts. And Celtic are now third after they won 2-1 away to Hibernian. Kit Laversky's shot from close range and Claire O'Reardon's header. But Celtic can command before Norma Staffer's back heel reduced Hibs' deficit. Next week, massive game. Rangers host Glasgow City while Celtic are at home to Hearts. Hibs visit Partick Thistle. All the games kick off at 10 past four. Rangers have the best goal difference while Celtic have the highest goals scored columns. So it's going to be really, into, really interesting. We'll tell you how that pans out next weekend. And over in Germany as well. Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg have been neck and neck all season. Maybe now the thought of the Champions League final is getting to Wolfsburg a little bit because they lost 4-0 away at Eintracht Frankfurt, who were third and are now only two points behind the Wolves. Bayern Munich beat Hoffenheim by a goal to nil, and that means they're now four clear of Wolfsburg. So it's looking like it'll be Bayern Munich's title. Wolfsburg will be knocked off the top of the Bundesliga for the first time in ages. We'll keep you up to date on all of that on next week's pod. Uh, well, Laura, thank you for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. And don't forget to subscribe to us across all good podca- podcasting platforms and follow us on social media. On Twitter, it is at TWFP1. On Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.